0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome to a special edition of the Harbor Church Podcast. My name is Chris Sanchez. I'm joined with Darren Davis, pastor and senior leader here at the Harbor Church. Darren, we got a special episode today. It's on the heels of a real dark moment that happened not too long ago in our nation's capital. We're here to talk about just what's going on and just what the church is doing and and basically where where the Lord is in any of this and if there's something that we can bring some sort of peace and just clarity on where God is in all this. So I appreciate you joining and, and talking here.
0: Yeah, Chris, it's an honor to be with you again, and may God give us grace in this conversation to help give comfort and hope and peace to people's hearts in this time.
1: First thing I want to do is just get your initial thoughts. Protests led to violence and it led to a shock around the country, the globe, you know, and I'm sure individuals and families. So I just want to get your initial thoughts and how you're processing kind of what you saw yesterday.
0: Well, you know, this was a busy week for me. My wife and I are moving. And so I was in the midst of that. And, you know, after kind of a long day, I just wanted to see the weather on the news. And actually, I had no clue of anything that was going on. And I've just kind of just been somewhat isolated in my world this week as I've been trying to get us settled in our new house. And when I flicked on the television, you know, I saw all all the commotion and everything that was going on at this point. And it was just, in fact, I, the normal news now was national news. And I'm going to explain this in in just a minute, but just when I saw what was happening, of course, on the back end, I'm I'm grieved by this. we'll, We'll jump into all of that, but I'm like, wow, just another moment. Like so many other moments, different, obviously, of news headline worthy kind of moments like we saw in 2020. And I think not that I was numb to it. I actually, I actually felt like I was prepared for it because, you know, not to be hyper spiritual here at all, but, but I really, I really felt like, you know, like each kind of year as I move into a new year, like the, the word that the Lord gave me in this new year was that it would be a happy new year. It would be a good new year. But as I placed my proper expectations in proper alignment, that wouldn't lead me to get disappointed. And so, just to explain that briefly what i'm what I mean by that is there's there's three things that cannot be shaken, no matter what's going on and and that's what i'm putting my faith and hope and my trust in and It is the gospel first and foremost, this accomplished work of Jesus on the cross mm. of what he did to, did for humanity to reconcile all people, in other words, buy them back to himself, no longer do they have to live in brokenness or separation or any of that kind of thing. Hope, which which has to do, the second one is has to do with the dreams over each of our lives, which actually equate to the dreams over our cities, over our states, over our nation, that if we can tap into that, that can never be taken away. And lastly, love, where fear is completely cast out, and we're functioning in now a state of boldness because of that, and we're going and we're being a difference in the lives of others and the lives of this world. So, That's what I felt. And I was like, 2021 may bring some challenges. That was my sense and uh, had no idea that something like this would happen. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, here now it's, it's just like, it's, it's a, it's a surprise because you're thinking, wow, could anything like this ever take place? But in, in many ways I w I wasn't surprised, unfortunately, but I was rooted.
1: When I received the news, I just like in my spirit, I was just grieving just because I know where my king lies, right? And his kingdom isn't shaken by any of this, like you were saying. And we're rooted in that. It's just a grieving thing because you don't expect to see stuff like this. I mean, coming off a crazy enough year last year to start off six days into a new year, it's just very jarring. It's the kind of images that you see in movies or in other countries, you know, not here. So... Mm -hmm. I just want to ask, as a leader of a house, as a father, just trying to grasp a little bit of sense, how do you think that we've ended up in a place like this where maybe people might feel numb or to the point where they're just not surprised at all about something like this that could happen?
0: Yeah, and that's and that's super unfortunate that that's the case for anybody, because I think that there's that verse in the word that says that to pray for even our nation for our nation's leaders so that we could live a quiet and peaceable life. I mean, I've been to 33 different countries around the world and, you know, unfortunately stuff like this is commonplace. And in, in many of those nations, especially third world countries, I just think that we couldn't have imagined that this is the kind of stuff that we'd be seeing in our own nation, which I, which I, I see primarily as, as a bubbling up and bubbling over of, of three things that I wrote down pain, first and foremost. I think that there's deep-rooted, deep-seated pain in our in our culture. I think that there's trust that's been broken down. And I would say on any side, I think that there's just a trust with the system that's been broken down, also trust with one another. And then specifically, I would say with, with those who would call themselves Christians, and this is a general statement, I'm not saying this is over everybody by any means, but I think that there's a lot of mixture that's really come in here. And, and I think that's why it's so important for us to really walk in the wisdom of the Lord, which really is discernment, having a discerning heart and really being able to see things for what they really are and not get pulled in by our emotions or those broken spaces on our own heart that would lend to us being pulled into one realm of polarization or the other. And and so I think that's how we've gotten here. And 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 really, I think that so much, and I've said this, is you know, it's being shaken. Anything and everything that can be. So that man, my prayer, Chris, is that this is where the church would be a voice of hope and comfort to give the answer of that which can never be shaken, and that's the Lord Jesus Himself, His kingdom, His attributes, and we can really see something dynamic and powerful come out of all of this at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause you look at stuff like this and it's just, it's the world unchecked without the presence of the Lord, like left to its own devices. And it's, it's just like such, it's another case of how desperate as a nation that we need Jesus. And it's just another example of that. So what is the role for the church? How can people, who are grieving like this and, and they have all these emotions, how can they be a part of a process where the Lord is able to heal what's going on?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, let's back up just a little bit. You know, I really do believe that God was really sovereign in the founding of this country. I believe he used fallible men to establish a, a pretty amazing system of earthly government. I think that there were godly principles and values put in place at the installation of our nation. And all of that is amazing. And we have ridden in so many ways the back of what those forefathers put into place for so many years. I mean, 240, I think, plus now. But at the end of the day, even a system, an organization, a structure, even with the beauty of those foundations if they're not ultimately walked out by people who know and manifest the nature of Jesus, at some point it's going to fall. It's going to fail. It's going to, it's going to reach a breaking point. And I think that's where for me, and this is where I've been back on this Gideon army kind of thing that, that God gave me gosh, 15 plus years ago where he's just looking for those ones who, who are thirsty to drink of his life, but also that are watching. Those are the ones that Gideon was, was chose, told to choose. And, and out of 30,000, he whittled down that army to 300. And that seems like such foolishness on the onset. But those ones that were willing to receive from the Lord and watch on behalf of a nation, like to, to truly stand in the gap and say, not on my watch. They were the ones that ultimately God used to save a nation. And so for me, I'm not discouraged at all if the Lord, for the sake of what he wants to do on the big picture macro plan of the of the big seed church, the church nationally, that he's going to call some people to a real radical place with himself, a radical place of hunger, a radical place of thirst, a radical place of obedience, a radical place of God, I want to lay my life down right now to to really see the essence of who you are manifest through my life, Christ in me, the hope of glory for the entire world to actually begin to take wind if you will, take flight you know and and so chris i don't I don't think I've ever been so hopeful i don't I don't think I've ever felt so drawn to jesus and just kind of like cutting all the fat, man. Like I'm not really even thinking about frills and, and fancy things. And it's just in, in terms of ministry, I'm like, God, give me your wisdom and vision of what it looks like to truly raise up disciples that that know you, that manifest your nature that lives on the inside. There's a lot of people, Chris, in our nation that call themselves Christians. I mean, even I think you you would have seen at different times over 2020 and 2021, in the midst of horrific situations like Jesus flags and all this kind of stuff, or arguments and different things going on in social media, and I'm like, God, where is the nature of the Lord? And um, and I think this is what God is 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 wanting to do. He's wanting to pull out of the midst of this darkness the most glorious light filled church. And and set her take that bushel off that light and set her on top of a hill and let her shine and let her preach and declare a pure, unadulterated gospel. I mean, gosh, man, I've gone on for a little bit here, but I'm telling you, I'm burning right now just thinking of this. I'm like, God, this this is the greatest moment to be alive in our nation. I believe it's coming to a precipice. Really? I mean, that, that you, this cannot continue. And yeah. And, and man, as much as I re- I totally respect the mountain of influence of, of national government and all of that, we need believers in those spaces, man. We need the kingdom of God right now to yes. rise. And as I think, you know, you and I have talked about, begin to pray, begin to come into agreement with what the Lord has for our nation in this moment.
1: It's funny, leading into 2020, it was about 2020 vision, clarity. And I think last year for some, a lot of people, it was a year of, haze and confusion and looking back through personal experiences seeing just what we went through as a nation as a world you just kind of see a clear distinct line between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this earth when you see people getting caught up in, I think you talked about mixture, people getting caught up in conspiracy theories or things online or, or talking and, and trying to reason things out on both sides. It doesn't matter. What should people do to guard themselves from that and to refocus on not things of this world, which are becoming very clear, but on things of heaven.
0: That's a, that's a really good question. And I think you mentioned both both sides of, of, let's just say the totality of the spectrum of wherever people find themselves. I think this is where the enemy really, he moves. Uh, and I don't think we've caught on to it yet, where there's both truths and lies mixed in to the whole batch. and And you really, really have to be tuned into the Lord to be able to discern it. It's, it's so challenging. I mean, think about Jesus when he was led into the wilderness before his ministry. I mean, the adversary used the very word of God to deceive this, try to deceive the son of God, right? So it, it was it was truth that was mixed with half-truths. And I was talking to a friend the other day and he said, what's worse than a lie? And I said, you know, I don't know. I just, I just wasn't getting it at first. And he said, a half truth. And I think that so much of that out there right now, and, and really, so for me, again, everybody's got their assignment. So I'm just saying for me as a, a leader of a body, I've just kicked into back, and, and I, it's my default, Isaiah 61 mode, man. And And this was the first message Jesus preached after coming out of the wilderness, after overcoming the adversary, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me or he's given me grace to do several things, which are the same exact things that now he's given us. Bring beauty for ashes, joy where there's mourning, praise where there's been heaviness, recovery of sight for the blind and freedom from the prisoner, from those that are oppressed. Hmm. And I think that we need to, to really give ourselves to the methodology of the transformation of an individual's heart. And this is really hard for me as a global visionary, but I just think the Lord just kind of shown this to me and revealed this to me that it's not about the multitudes in essence, it's about each of us, us reaching the one and, and think about it. Think if, if there truly are 2 billion Christians on the planet and each of us reached and saw the transformation of one life over the course of this next year, now 2 billion would become 4 billion. And then if each of those 4 billion gave themselves to the transformation of one life, now the entire globe has been eclipsed with the transformation of the human hearts of those alive today. And, and I just don't, I don't see, I haven't seen that type of engagement and we've made it about the big meetings and the big conferences. And and I love all of that. I'm not downing any of that, but where I'm right now at right now, Chris is like, Lord, I'm going to give, by the grace of God, my life, to those ones that you are calling me to. And I'm going to challenge each and every heart to do the same to someone else and really see it. Because think about it. If we have hearts changed, you're not going to have people doing the things that they've been doing over the past year plus. That's what's ultimately going to change the world.
1: It's funny that you say how the Lord took you to a specific passage. I say, I think you said Isaiah 61. yeah. For me, it was Ephesians 6, and it's the passage right before he starts talking about the armor of God and going into the specifics of what it is. Paul writes about, he says, and I just want to read a little bit about it, um, especially when you see the images. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't realize, I didn't realize what the damage and just the tainting of seeing images without the lens of the Lord can do to your spirit, man. Like you can be caught up in grieving and not even understand why you're grieving so much. If you don't have the lens of the Lord, like it's just amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he talks about, he says, be strong. And this is verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Like you were saying for, we are not, and this is it in verse 12 for, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist in times of evil and stand firm in battle. The world sees the other side of anyone who doesn't agree with them, and they see the individual as evil. And the Lord is revealing it's bigger than that. There's more to this you know
0: there's a lot more going on man than we even can perceive or understand and
1: and that's where the battle is like as believers
0: absolutely absolutely and our and that's what's been i think so grieving for my heart is especially within the church because we should know better that our enemy is not another individual and i think that's why when there's the mixture when there's the pain Mm -hmm. when there's the inability to discern we get caught right up in exactly where the enemy is trying to take us. And that's where we empower him. And that's by being offended, being angered. I mean, cause you, we're talking rage right now. And that's, and that's been going on on all kinds of sides for the last year plus. And, and even and remember, there's a, a verse, I'm trying to remember where it is, but, but Jesus asked the question, why do the nations rage? And he says in vain, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, it's like that's that's where the adversary wants to spin everybody up to and and then have the war be against each other. And it's not against each other. It's it's against these spiritual forces and not to discount, like, I mean, we're here on the earth, so we yeah. need to be engaging what's going on, on the earth. I'm not I'm not discounting that at all. I'm just saying the the perspective has to be correct and that it's not against other people. I, I want to read. The first verse in verse ten that you that you read, yeah, out of the the passion translation because it it's so this one part of it it's so applicable to what I said even earlier it says, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus Amen. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power in and through you. come on man that. This is where I want to see the church understand that, man, it's not about just walking an aisle or saying a sinner's prayer. I mean, those may be the ways that we come into the beginnings of this relationship with Jesus. But now we have the God of the universe, Chris, living on the inside of us. And, And are we aware that we can be supernaturally infused with strength through our union? That life union. I mean, think you know when Jesus came, said that he came to give life and life abundant. Wasn't talking about a bigger house or more money or any of that stuff. At the end of the day, what he's talking about is this this life essence of God, the very nature of God, which is the reason He's eternal. There's no death in heaven. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no uh, disunity. There's no. I mean, think of any realm of brokenness that that we we experience here in this world and. Christ came to infuse us with that with that strength as human beings himself ourselves because of was because of giving up his own life and and man now i believe that, that he wants us to stand victorious not run and hide in the mountains or in the shadows no we're gonna take our place man and stand victorious with the force of his explosive power it's his power actually you know like even this week as we were talking earlier I'm not feeling good i'm I just but man, even though I, I you know, don't have any physical strength in me, even as we're talking right now, I feel that, that presence of God that just, oh, I walk around our city here in Pompano and think of South Florida and it's gonna be transformed. It is. Like this is a revival moment. That's why, man, I'm grieved by these events. But I think just based on what the Lord like started back in March of 2020 when he started speaking to me about what was gonna gonna go down? I'm I'm not shaken. I'm not shaken. Yeah. I'm not moved. But it's time to stand. It's time to stand.
1: Let's take it just to wrap up here. Let's take it to the practicals. What does that look like for anyone who's listening? Anyone who is feeling the Holy Spirit right now on them wanting to do something. What is taking a stand? What is going to the Lord? What are things that we can fight? not against people, but against principalities that are unseen, what can we do? What can the body, the church do in that stand?
0: I haven't done this in in any of our podcasts up to this moment, but I, I feel to ask every single person that's listening, where are you at in your relationship with the Lord? Do you truly know the Lord? Do you have that Kind of relationship with him, him that he so desires for your life. Maybe, question, was there a time when you felt more connected to the Lord than you do right now? Uh, how about this one? Have you been in any way beguiled and, and in some ways become dis- disillusioned with the church or his body? Is there offense or any pain or hurt in your heart that's overriding what you know to be? The essence of how you're called to behave in, in, in Jesus by his grace. Because I think I think that's got to be the first. I know that, that there's that there's so many practical things, which I'll mention a couple after this. But I think if we don't have that, man, we're just going to go through the motions once again. I want to burn for Jesus as much as he burns for me. It's a response to his initiation. I want to love him as much as he loves me. I want to love other people as much as I love myself. And I want to put my money where my mouth is, man. I don't want to just talk about stuff. I want to start doing it. And I think that that's where like discipleship at the end of the day for me is coming down down to being that learner, being that follower but being that follower is not just looking to what Jesus did, but actually beginning to go do it yourself. Let's just peer into the word of God and let's see what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus hung out with Chris. Some of the most broken people on the planet was accused actually at his at his association or affiliation with them. You know, he's the friend of sinners and called they called him a glutton and a wine bibber and all this stuff because of the people he was hanging out with. He never compromised who he was. Never. He never bended to, oh man, I just see so many people bending to, to, the, to the ways of this world. And he never did. And man, it, it didn't cost him. It actually was attractive to so many people. What if, Chris, we could be like that? And we can. That's the thing. Is we can because that's what Jesus paid for. That's where it goes back to me to that thing that can never be taken away. The accomplished work of Christ. It is finished. He said it. It is finished. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can, can hinder it. Nothing. And if it's 10% of the people that get a hold of this, so be it. But man, somebody, God is just looking, somebody show the world what is possible to really live for God and to really love other people and really stand in agreement with the Lord on behalf of their cities and their nation and the world. Let's be the answer, man. We can't wait on anybody or any other institution. We have to be the answer. That's what God's calling us to do. All right. Chris, as we wrap this up, let's just, you and I right here, just come into agreement with Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are we love you lord we honor you you are the king of glory you are seated high above any and all principalities and powers you're resting on your throne of dominion the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. God, may we, through the gap that has been bridged through your son, Jesus, tap into that realm in which, God, we have access now through the blood of Jesus, through his broken body. And we pray, Chris and I right now, along with anybody else that's listening, we pray over our nation. And we pray specifically over the city that we live in, the region that we live in called South Florida. God, we have our feet planted on this soil. And you said, wherever the soles of our feet tread, you have given that land to us, Lord. Thank you. And we ask you, God, we say yes to your promise over our lives to take possession of lands. And, and and cities like this. And we ask that there would be such a massive uprising in this region, God, for your glory. I pray that it would be historic. I pray that it would be unprecedented. I pray that, God, there'd be so many churches lit on fire. And I'm asking, God, especially for the lives of leaders, that you would awaken them out of their slumber, that, God, You would you would come and you would you would woo them to yourself with your love. I pray that in our desperation that we would not turn to counterfeits that, that only satisfy temporarily, but we would turn to you as the source of all life. I'm asking God that it would be such, such clarity over hearts, Lord. There, I'm asking even for people that don't yet know you, that they, would, that they would no longer just be deceived by the lies and buy into propaganda, that God, they would be able to hear your voice so clear. Lord, we believe that God now is a moment in our nation. Now is a time for the body of Christ to truly be the body of Christ. Lord, forgive us for our religious activity. Forgive us for our lukewarmness. Forgive us for relying upon our own strength. And come, Lord, and have your way. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard.